0: Hello, friends. Welcome to AG University podcast. Today, I have a very special guest on for an interview, Helen Hall Leland. She is the founder of Blender Bombs and Hustle Smoothie Bars. You guys have probably seen her on my page if you're following along there, but I am a huge Blender Bombs lover. That's really how we became friends. I love the product. So, you guys requested Helen come on. She is an entrepreneur. She's an influencer. She truly is a jack of all trades. She knows a little bit about everything. And so we talk about building a business, scaling a business. Y'all, Blender Bombs are in Costco. I mean, she has been so wildly successful. So just super honored to have her on to share her wisdom. We talk a lot about how she hires and structures her business by utilizing human design. Honestly, this conversation just went so many places. She shares her ayahuasca experience, (laughs) just all of the just funny, quirky things I love about Helen we bring into this episode and we have a little twinge of some spiritual flair. As always, So without further ado, Helen, thank you so much for being here. Let's get into it. So we originally met from Sarah Smith, who's raw and rebellious, our homie. We love you so much. (laughs) Sarah is just the funniest, greatest human on the planet. And she was kind of going through a similar body image, diet, culture, struggle, all the things with food. And she was like, You've got to meet my friend Helen. She was telling me about like 8020 and plant-based and blender bombs. And so I honestly just started using blender bombs and fell in love with the product, fell in love with your messaging, fell in love with just how authentically you you were and knowledgeable. And like you were just like living such a lifestyle of ease around food and like your mentality and relationship with food, with creating Blender Bombs. Like you were so passionate about how healing it was that I was so inspired. I was like, I've got to know her. And then when was the first time we actually met in person? Because we kind of started flirting over Instagram.
1: Yeah, we flirted and then we talked on the phone. I remember being on my front porch talking to you on the phone. Yes. and we Oh my gosh, she's so cool. But I think we didn't meet until like two years later.
0: Yeah, we were friends for a long time virtually. (laughs) Yeah, we were. Didn't I spend the night at your house the first time we met? Yeah. Well, no, we had met before then because I think you had done some events, but still, I I honestly would let someone... I'm like, yeah, sure. You want to spend the night? Absolutely. Let's have a summer party. And <laughs> so I originally was on the phone with Helen because she was kind of my just life coach and, and also friend. And also I was just... I was really heavily influencing at the time. I just loved Blender Bombs. Helen, tell them about, tell them about Blender Bombs from your perspective.
1: Yeah. So Blender Bombs are a ball of nuts and seeds, like an energy ball. And we have several different flavors. They all, you know, the same benefits, but different. It keeps you full. They have every central amino acid, every central fatty acid. And you throw it in your smoothie with your fruits and your vegetables, and it makes it a meal replacement. So instead of you having to buy like 12 different nuts and seeds and opening them up every day and putting them in your smoothie, it's all in one ball, like simplified for you. It's- so easy but that's when we were on the phone talking about blender bombs and then we started talking about human design and we did your human design or you were a projector we're both projectors. Mm-hmm. yes and we bonded over like as influencers slash business owners instead of going to go chase partnerships or chase you know whatever you just kind of put it out there on your instagram like your passions and then everything flows to you like you receive instead of constantly trying to chase
0: mm-hmm. yes so a big part of when I was seeing Helen, just someone living so, yeah, just authentically also easeful. You were so in your feminine. You were like, no, we do not overwork out. We do not overeat. We don't do all these things. And Because you were really talking about how when your diet is balanced, mm-hmm. that eliminates kind of that like overeating or food obsession. And really, you're thinking about food because your body is needing something. Yes, and always. so... Yeah. You were saying you had like such a sweet tooth and you were craving sweets. And that was a big part of how you got, you started making blender bombs for you because then it was satiating these needs. Like a lot of times I always tell people if we're thinking about food or there's that obsession or something, either we're restricting too hard or our body is depleted of some something, some vitamin, some nutrients, some something. And so that was a major light bulb moment that you taught me. I was getting off of Adderall and all that stuff. Because I mean, when you and I talked, this was way before. This was like 2018. This was years ago. Was this before or after your moment on the plane? It it was after because I was like, holy shit, I need a lot of help. I knew how just... Yeah. Yeah, I think I told you. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna sound crazy, but I had a heart attack. And you're like, holy... Remember... I called you. You didn't tell me that right away. But yeah, you told me later. Mm -hmm. I I don't typically offer as much. People will be surprised because I have this podcast. I'm very vulnerable. But in real life, I'm not really this open. But you kind of are now. Yeah, I, I have gotten more open. Because it's sure. like, what do you have to
1: lose? Life is a game, whatever. If you want to listen, listen. If you want to go, go.
0: Exactly. We're like, here, let's play. Or also, if people aren't interested, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> no, but Helen was the first person that told me how out of alignment I was taking Adderall and Vibance and all the things because I was always really sleepy and, you know, worked in spurts and did all these things. And she's like, have you done your human design? Remember? And we I remember. we were both projectors, which is, First of all, the sleepiest bunch of all the bunches. <laughs> I'm horizontal on my sofa right now. She is laying down. <laughs> she is laying down. But we have both been very successful in our career paths because we honor our rest and we honor our sleep and we prioritize that. And I think that human design was the best gift you've ever given me because I, I would have never known. And you just wrote a book about human design. So tell us how you were introduced and also tell us how you implement it. I want to know when in you're in your day-to-day and also in your business. I know that's a lot, but take it away.
1: Oh, no, it's not. No such thing as too much. I could talk about it for days. But just so people know, projectors, which is what A.G. and I are, um, we are 11% of the population. And we are one of the rare ones where like offers and invitations have to come to us. We're not supposed to go and like chase things, right? So a perfect example of of that is... Anna Grace going on TikTok and talking about her um, abilities, like her ability to read the Patrick records and psychic stuff. And and exactly what we just said, if people want to come, they come. She doesn't have to ever go chase people. Whereas there's a ton of psychics out there and mediums who are constantly trying to get new clients and chase new clients. But that's, they're probably not in alignment with their human design, you know, if it's Mm -hmm. not working for them. Mm -hmm. Then there's a lot of them who are like Simon Frick and Derek, you know, People just line up. Anyway, so I first got into human design through my life coach. And I had a business, still have the business. I'm not like the CEO anymore. But when I was a CEO, I was so stressed. Like, I hated managing people. I didn't know how to do it. And that's when I was introduced to human design and understanding my team's design. And that way, like there would be less friction in the workplace. <laughs> so funny. We had like, four people on the team at a time and three of them are projectors, which again is like such a small percent of the population. Um, so i oh, sorry. I said 11% of the population that's manifestors human design. is like uh, projectors are 19 or 20% of the population. Mm-hmm. So I got along really well with the projectors and there was so much friction with the generator, but that's because I was treating them like a projector. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, In a startup business, I didn't need a bunch of projectors because I was the projector. What I needed was a bunch of generators who wouldn't get burnout from like working their ass off and doing the busy work. Um, Whereas as the business grows and we started outsourcing a lot of stuff to agencies and to contractors, that's when we need more projectors because they manage the agencies and the contractors. So instead of them being in the weeds all the time, they're looking at it from a bird's eye view. And managing it and like catching any red flags, like adjusting where needed. So I learned a lot about just less friction in the workplace by learning with whole teams, human design. Mm-hmm. And then I took the whole team to like a human design seminar and we really studied each other and like working, working well with each other. And it, it stopped for a few months, but it's probably something we need to do every year now that I think about it, just to so stays top of mind. Mm-hmm. For the book, I'm sure everyone has Googled human design and you're like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Makes no sense. I don't understand anything. Every site website is trying to get you to pay to learn information. And that's great. But there does need to be a simple way to learn it. So my life coach who introduced me to human design and I quote unquote wrote a book that simplified human design. And this, she's a manifester, I'm a projector. But what we did in our human design way was we actually got a ghostwriter to write it. So, we all three went on two trips, like staycations at the beach. And for three days, we just talked about human design. She recorded everything. She was like, the ghostwriter was writing notes the whole time. We like walked through everything we wanted in the book, every chapter, and she just developed it into an organized book. Wow. So, that was us outsourcing our work as a projector should. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and I got the email yesterday that we're about to launch. Like everything's done. We just gotta send it to print and launch.
0: Gosh, wow. Congratulations. Thanks. I I can't wait to read it. I'll be the first to read. I talk about here on here frequently how I have hired my team around their design as well. Because if it was another thing, someone working this close to me that was a projector, we would just absolutely be in outer space. <laughs> we would be yes. in outer space. It's like, um, so true. So um, I, I do think my most successful intuitive friends who are intuitive guides and in the same space as me are all projectors, your projector. <gasps> and it, it is the people that are doing... Kind of creating new systems, which, by the way, do you know your life path number? Have you seen that numerology life path number? No, I need to do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll um, calculate it for you after. Okay. I, will, I have. I have the book too, but it's kind of in the similar vein. I'd be curious to know what yours is, but
1: we should do it on here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, Just I, like, I remember when we read Lauren Bostic's um, on her podcast, her
0: Human Design. Oh you oh my gosh, yes. Gosh, also Lauren Queen. <laughs> She's a reflector, 1%. She is a reflector. If you're a reflector on here, you are only 1% of the population. And it is quite rare. Also, another person who really needs a lot of rest. Reflectors and projectors are the two that don't really have that engine. Manifestors don't yes. either, right? Am I correct. Right. Yeah, no, you're correct. And then there's manifesting generators and generators and they have the go-go juice austin ha- is a generator and we are a mother freaking powerhouse team we really are when it comes to us getting something done i give the direction and the vision and he executes we're so like that. wow bam. <laughs> alan's a generator yeah he's a manifesting generator i think thank i knew god. that
1: thank god you <laughs> know my ex was a
0: projector and it was not good oh that makes so much sense because you yeah. guys were always in a power struggle. I yeah, felt always. like let's talk about that a bit too because yeah. not to drag your ex. I don't know if you don't want to talk about him or not. But just, I know open book. I don't care. It is fine. <laughs> um. So Helen and I did a reading together. So this is the first reading that I'd ever done for anyone. Keep in mind, Helen and I had been through many phases. We're learning about human design. We're kind of having these spiritual thoughts and experiences together. We're both projectors. We're both business owners. We both work with a lot of females. We both
1: shapeshifted.
0: We both did shape shift, shape shift. We talk about yeah, when when she got out of her relationship, her face completely changed. My face has literally changed so much since i've moved to florida even in the last like seriously the last three weeks i'm about to do a whole other episode after this all about like shape shifting because one of my best friends juge texts me and she's like (laughs) i literally thought you got plastic surgery and didn't tell me i did too first of all you guys i would i would tell probably social media at this point i don't give a fuck i'm like oh yeah the. I wouldn't try to hide it if I got plastic surgery, but to my best friends, I'm like, you guys would have known. Like I would have like disappeared for a few weeks or something. Yeah, you would have missed a day. Yeah. My face would have been looking beat. No, but I was I was so flattered. And she's like, Fish, I thought you got like some work done and you didn't want to tell me what I'm like, no. And also I don't even know what it's like, I couldn't even really pinpoint exactly what was different. Does that make sense? Like it's fucking symmetry. It is. It's like symmetry, it's glow
1: and it happens when you get rid of something toxic. So that means that there was something toxic in
0: Nashville that got left behind. Mm-hmm. I think, and I tell people that there are energies that siphon energy off of us, whether or not that's like, it doesn't always mean it's scary. It's just when we get stuck in toxic environments, it literally like sucks part of our light. That's how it shows oh for God. me, like light out of our bodies. Yeah. And so, and I, I could imagine that. I love. Loved being in Nashville so much, but I did find just I was always in the entertainment industry, and I just feel like it was just very I misaligned.
1: Different directions.
0: Yeah, well, because Shaden keeps like being like, "Oh my gosh, I wonder what I would look like if I quit drinking." And I'm like, "But see, your path is not to read the Akashic records, so you might be thriving in that She's environment. Struggling. you know? Like she looks beautiful. I'm like, I don't know if you could possibly get any prettier, <laughs> right? Yeah. because no, then- Quit drinking. (laughs) Like, I'm like, that could just, that's your journey. That's why I always tell people, like, you know, just because it worked for me doesn't mean it works for everyone. Anyways, so back in 2018, Helen is like, I really want you to do an Akashic Records reading for me. And so I've been doing them kind of the same structure, like privately, had definitely not announced them to the world and um, just through word of mouth. And I would kind of do them in my home and then like, tell someone what i had seen in their records. Helen's like, I want you to just do it live. And I'm like, okay. So I told her, <laughs> I told her I couldn't look at her. I blindfolded myself. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is when we were in your creator closet.
0: We were in my creator closet. And I was like, well, I can't look at you because it is hard to look through my third eye and also look at someone's face and then also like wonder what what I am looking like in that moment because I'm like in another... <laughs> Basically, yeah, whatever dimension, we don't know. So, anyways, I blind your fear. Yeah,
1: I fear around looking stupid.
0: Yeah, fear of looking stupid or fear of looking, yeah, crazy. Helen's been talking about how overcoming fears sets us free, which I do believe. So, um, I blindfold myself, open the records for her. Helen, you would, yeah, explain from your, your perspective how your first Akashic Records reading was.
1: So, that was a piece of cake for me because I'd done ayahuasca in Costa Rica before. That's right. And I mean, nothing got weirder than
0: that. We'll just come back to the ayahuasca. I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: Yeah, we'll come back to it. But, um, so this was so, so not, there's no judgment coming from me at all around it, which I'm sure you felt, which is why you were comfortable to open the records around me first. And I just remember laying down and I started crying as you were saying it, because just anytime someone like cries, it's because either there's some trick to it or like in that situation it's because there was like trick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you just kind of, I also remember being frustrated that I had like doubted myself for so long or like there were things that you said that I knew that I just wouldn't, hadn't, that I knew, but I just hadn't accepted for so long. Mm -hmm. And so hearing it from someone else who wouldn't have no clue that I was also thinking the same thing, it was nice. Um, But then also it was really freeing towards the end when you were explaining and we can, you can explain it The, the, river situation but i'm like okay so all this hard work is not for nothing right you know Mm -hmm. i mean who the fuck knows when (laughs) yeah yeah wait, wait so explain the river
0: okay well so i see a lot of like visuals and visions obviously and i um saw Basically, it was kind of like what initially looked like a river and all of these different water sources, these different energies were like headed towards you, but it was like about to be this like massive opening and you were really taking people into this new way of living and this massive opening was honestly like mass abundance, mass possibilities. And it was like, you were really directing all of these people to this new way of living, which I believe your healing modality is food. You know that's your energetic gift, and I talk about how everyone has an energetic gift. Also, you guys keep in mind this reading was about five years ago, so <laughs> Ellen and I are both like. You know, but um, and she has been massively successful and abundant, and there were people in her life then that were not serving her, and you know we kind of saw some a bit of that in the records. A, a particular relationship that you know, she thought she was going to get married and that... He was not in the future. He was not in the future. And obviously, I said it very delicately. And and everyone serves a, an amazing, beautiful purpose. That's what I told you. Everyone has... We all have lessons to learn from partners and people around us. Um, But yeah, that you were going to be really solidifying your brand identity. And we went through your brand purpose and your soul's mission in the Akashic Records. I remember that. Okay, so, anyways, um, tell us about taking ayahuasca. For the longest time, I really wanted to do it, and now I absolutely have zero desire. So, after doing mushrooms, and I lost my ever-loving mind. <laughs> okay, that's so funny.
1: So, I've been intrigued by ayahuasca for a couple years, just through listening to podcasts and talking to some people who had done it, and um, I was going to Costa Rica with my boyfriend at the time and I was talking to my life coach about it and I was like I know like, most people do ayahuasca in Peru but if the opportunity presents itself in Costa Rica like, I really want to try it and then sure enough I'm in the pool at the place we're saying and I overhear these two women talking about how they just done ayahuasca so I like waddle over there I'm like you think ayahuasca. <laughs> and they're like yeah I think like we'd love to do it again like um if you want to do it like we can set it up so picked like all four of us up from this resort and drove us 45 minutes into the mountains <laughs> into her home her husband and her wife are in there watching american football so i'm like all right we're safe we're good
0: you're wild
1: so she had actually gone on oprah the the shaman had been on oprah before hmm. um and she was legit i did know that now but we walk into the main room there's you know 30 mattresses like on the floor but there's only four of us so my ex was in the room, but he didn't do it. He didn't want to participate. He just like wanted to make sure that, you know, we were Gucci. Oh, and, okay. If, but it was an eight hour experience. Oh wait, here's another thing. Fast forward. I knew, so rainbows are like my sign. They're like everyone's sign. But I also remember telling my life coach, I'm looking for a sign to like make sure that is safe for me to do ayahuasca with whoever I was going, Nadine was her name. And, um, the morning before, we got picked up, like there was like a double rainbow. And I was like, all right, we're good. Oh, so, green light. Okay. Yeah. green light. So I'm in there, she's administering it to us. She did this whole hour long session before where she's beating on the gongs and like saying a prayer and we're setting our intentions and everything like that. Then she starts administering the ayahuasca to drink. Um and it finally hit me probably like an hour later, an hour and a half later, but I was kinda of frustrated that it wasn't hitting me at first. Like I I felt totally in control and it was, I saw color. I didn't, I didn't honestly, I didn't really trip. I just felt like dizzy, but the, it was nonstop over and over and over again for eight hours. The saying like, life is just a game. Life it's just a game. Life is just a game. That was it. It's all I heard for eight hours. I tried to like steer the direction, but it wouldn't go anywhere else. There was one point where I felt like there was an animal underneath my skin, like crawling from my right arm to my left arm and like down my legs. And that's when I was like, okay, whatever this issue is, like I need to just purge it. Mm -hmm. So I got up and I walked outside and I like, it's so controlled. I looked at a bush and I was like, I'm just going to throw up a little bit there. So I threw up there (laughs) and I walked back and the feeling was completely gone. Um, There was at times when the shaman would like rush over to someone and like start like shushing things away. So she was very protective i guess mm-hmm. if she saw some bad energies because that is the scary thing about ayahuasca when you do it in huge groups like if there's not enough shamans there like when your portal is that open like chicken can go in there this shouldn't be in there just right. like chicken leaves that needs to
0: leave right yeah because it, it can definitely be you know if you guys aren't familiar with what ayahuasca is it is a plant medicine that I don't even really know how to explain it, but there is always a shaman present and it's administered to a lot of people to purge deep darkness or trauma or something that's just really holding you back and that can actually manifest as cancer and, and more, you know, intense things. That's why people go.
1: A lot of people who are alcoholics or chronic anxiety, they'll go and they'll do like three or four days in a row.
0: Yeah, to try to like alleviate some of that pain and suffering, which it it will. But also if you are in a group, you know, where there is intense pain or suffering, you don't want to be having your portal open to take on anyone's pain or suffering. And I actually think there are so many experiences where people release these energies that have held them back. And it's really beautiful and freeing. And like you, like you had a experience where you were just receiving a message and the message for you is that life is a game. That's a, that's very much so in correlation to the information that I get in the Akashic records. Nine times out of 10, whenever I see a client or see someone, they're like, they are, they're so serious. They're so serious. <laughs> they're so fixated on the outcome. Seriously, they're like, if they just, one of my dear friends who has a very successful company makes tons of money. She's crushing it. Her whole reading, you know, she, she comes to me being like, I need more. I need guidance, all these things. And I'm like, do you ever do anything fun? Do you ever like play and enjoy your money and all this abundance and beautiful things you've created? And she was like, never, never. What What do you do with it? You know, I think she's just so once you get into the, Mindset of creating and having a business and running and managing people. You're afraid if you play or, you know, have any type of energy that maybe you'll lose your grip on like where you're at. But it actually, the more that you can play and relish and enjoy your money and be grateful that you have this money and, and do fun things with it, you know, give gifts to people and be generous and be loving and be happy. That energy actually attracts more. But a lot of times yeah. people get many, they get real serious around it. You know, like but we need to talk
1: about this. We need to go deep. So okay. what you just said is exactly why I gave up the CEO title. And I was working with some of my best friends, but I could not be an open good friend to them because I was having to wear this like manager boss hat. I'm like, I'm paying their their salary, but I'm also their boss, but like, I'm also their friend. And it was awesome for some people and it was awesome but it was also really hard for me because i couldn't actually truly seriously be a ceo i'm i'm i know and i've known my whole life i'm not meant to be a ceo like i'm meant to build something be the visionary right so Mm -hmm. i had been looking for someone to take over that position for two or three years and the first three people didn't work out and then Finally, we have someone in there who is a rock star. Heck yes! He's changing the company, and I—I I, for the first time and since starting the company, I can play. Like I can be creative. I can do the marketing. I can do exactly what I'm meant to do, and what I'm supposed to do. And I can't tell you how much better it is—not just on me, but like everyone on the team. It's incredible. Also, so I give up my salary to the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at a point where I'm not going to be making a penny from this company that's doing, you know, couple several million in revenue. But like, I'm not going to make a penny from it mm-hmm. because I was willing to give up what was making me unhappy so that I could go back to being myself. Mm -hmm. So then what happens? Then I start leaning into what I'm actually supposed to do, which is creating and marketing. And then that starts monetizing itself. And like, now I'm making just as much money as a creator as I was as the CEO. Mm -hmm. So there was no fear. Luckily I got lucky because Alan was able to hold down the fort for those few months of transition, but I never in my life thought that I could,
0: Make money as an influencer. Well, the, I, this is what I was to say too that was in your Akashic record. I know it was a long time ago, but you're really good at educating people about the benefits of food in a way that's really tangible and easy for people to digest and understand. And also, it's re- you have made it such a lifestyle. Like anything that you post or share, I know it's thoughtful and it's intentional, mm-hmm. and that you genuinely want what's best for people and their health. It is so apparent that you care about people's health. That's why like I look at you and I'm like you're just like the perfect representation of someone who lives their entire life by 80 20. And yeah. it's it's so I don't love the word relatable, but it it I'm I you're not doing it in a way that's intimidating. Like you know, like there are some people that I follow that are really health conscious that I'm like, oh, I love what they're doing and I understand, but like I could never just eat like four dates a day and like you know, like (laughs) live on an island and like cut a coconut off a tree. Like, yeah, that'd be nice, but like. Like, it's beautiful. I, yeah, it's. I love that for you. I'm sure you're really healthy, but you just are like, you live like a normal life and you're a mom and you run a company and you're busy and you do all these things, but you still have a really, it's like you just somehow very easily, you just make things look so easy. And it starts with food. It's literally like
1: once, I mean, food, your mental health and your food is what fuels you, but it's one and the same. And when you can get a grip on your habits, like with your food, and you just learn to not give a fuck about what you're eating, as long as like there's certain habits that you keep. Like for me, that habit was the blender smoothie. Like this morning, I had two sea salt caramels for breakfast, but like I then I had a blender smoothie a couple hours later. But it didn't even cross my mind that that was like abnormal. Whereas five or no, like seven years ago, I would have had a panic attack for eating chocolate in the morning.
0: Right. So, so you're meaning like don't don't give a fuck about what you're eating in the sense of like don't like worry or like fixate or like obsess about food explain as long
1: as you've got your habits that like your core habits that are the foundation of your your nutrients whether it's having you know a big salad every day for lunch or a big smoothie every day for lunch or like you always know your dinner's going to be healthy for me that's been really freeing it's like i know i have these one or two habits within my food diet a day that i truly do not think about food at all in any other way besides this is giving me calories to like live
0: Mm -hmm. You were one of the first people that taught me the 80-20 lifestyle. And I really want to get into that pretty detailed here because it is liberating to have pillars is what I call them. So basically, like points throughout your day where like, I know I'm going to have a healthy breakfast. I know I'm at home and I have a lunch that I make. And then I know at night, that's kind of my like 20%. Mm-hmm. if Austin and I want to go to dinner or we want to, eat, you know, do something, eat pizza, whatever, do something that we enjoy. That's like a date for us, something, or, or like Zane, he made the first round of his basketball team and like wanted to go get ice cream on a Tuesday. Old yep. me would have never gotten ice cream on a Tuesday. I would have been like that's Saturday behavior or something like, but now that I have 80, 80, 20, so it's basically for me how I interpret it. And I would like your interpretation too is, That 80% of my life is plant-based, nutrient-dense, delicious, but it's got a twinge of health. That's the intention there. Health. I've got my smoothie, my blender bombs. I'll make a blender bomb, oatmeal, blender bomb smoothie. You know, my avocado toast, yummy, satiating, good for me. 20% can be a little play, a little bit of whatever. If I'm, if I want a little cheese, like I tend to do 80% plant-based, but I still will eat like dairy or sometimes I'll have an egg or You know, if I'm like about to be on my period and I'm craving meat or something, like it's all randomly like, want Chick-fil-A? Like, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? That's my 20% window and I allow it. I don't fight it. I, I spent my whole life fighting that 20%. When in reality, you take the blinders off, you allow yourself the 20%. You've got your pillars throughout the day, which are your, for you, your smoothie and the things that you know you're going to have. And it's going to take care of your body and give your body the nutrients that it needs. When you allow the 20% to play. Here's the thing, you know, you always have the option. You might play, but then some weeks I don't really need the 20%. I'm happy in my 80% range yeah. of where I've been. So I know that sounds kind of mathematical.
1: That's literally it.
0: But it, it is it, it it was the first entryway to food freedom that I had seen was like, yeah, have 80%. That's that's the good for you, and that's your foundation. But then allow 20% to play because we're human and we're meant to enjoy. And actually, the more we enjoy, the happier our bodies are. When we're all stressed out, it actually doesn't really matter what you're doing. When you're just like stressed the fuck out about food, your body is inflamed and stressed. <laughs> and like
1: when you work out too much, your body is inflamed and stressed, and you're gonna hold on to weight because your body's just trying to survive. You're stressing it out too much. Like when you start starving yourself. That's why the all diets have cheat days, like they have the 20% days, because your body needs a shock factor to like know that. Let's just say weight loss, for example. If someone's goal is to lose weight, you actually kind of do need a cheat day, so that your body doesn't just all of a sudden assume like this dieting way of you eating is your new norm, because then it won't lose weight as quickly. Because it doesn't. It's like it's adjusting. It's the amount of burn to match what your intake is. So, like, if you eat the same amount of calories every day for like a couple weeks, if you're going to plateau with weight loss, even if you have a lot of weight to lose you've got to have some cheat days in there to kind of like kickstart your metabolism again.
0: And letting your body know that it's not normal. Well, and I think too, it's just like anything, like even working out, like there's got to be some element of muscle confusion. If we just do the same things all the time, your body is just like me.
1: Think about like your business and your life. If you did the same shit every day
0: in your business and your life, you would never
1: change, you would never grow. Like it is the 20% mistakes or failures that always should
0: like put you in another level once you bounce back. Right. Or even the 20% just having some fun, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be like, for me, I'm always like, yeah, these are like fun things. These are like the things that like, especially with like food, like I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like a date night. Like this is, and it's not like I, here's the thing I don't like overeat. I just eat till I'm full and then leave it. You know, like it's not like you have to have, I think cheat days. I, I removed those kind of from my mentality because when I was doing diets, it turned into me overeating and feeling uncomfortable. It was like twisted. I'm like, oh, perfect. I could finally have this and I would overdo it. Like, yes. That's why it's like I allow myself to have like a 20% window every single day.
1: Yeah. And it's not a negative thing. It's just, it is what it is. It's not a plant. Oh, it's
0: a 20%. Yeah. you're like, okay, cool. So you kind of introduced me to 80-20. And then also I I have done that now in like all aspects of my life. Like I'm 80% holistic when it comes to like medications and certain <laughs> things, but like, if there is something like, I mean, I used to be on birth control. Like there, there are just, there were some things that I'm like, well, th- that that's just going to be in my 20%. Like I try to look Botox. for, yeah, Botox. Like I, I don't have any in right now. And I, ha- I'm trying to just see what would happen if I just you know went what I mean, out. It. What? You don't need mean, Well, I have very, very expressive uh, forehead, (laughs) Um, but I've also gotten like lip filler. You know, like there are things that are not holistic that I've done. But I'm like, that's my twenty percent. Like, I I want to live and learn, and you know, make mistakes. And you know, now I'm going through this getting off birth control journey. And also, you guys, if you didn't know this, Helen just recently had a baby, and I do want to know, you know, kind of how your mindset was because I just feel like you had a baby and you just like didn't even. Let it, let, y'all. She delivered the baby. The baby is on her chest. She's still wearing her hospital gown, and she's doing a Q and A on Instagram. I'm like Helen. She didn't even let like there was no slowing down. I always joke that if I had a baby, I would probably take like six months off. Like I'm like I can't. I, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't stop, but also, could you? I guess talk us through like I feel like yeah. your energy around like your health and your mindset. I know everyone's situation is different, but how did you? like yeah approach that situation because you've been so healthy
1: so i um got out of that toxic relationship that i was in for like five years and uh then i started dating some people on hinge like a couple of them you know and then i fell in love with like one of them like genuinely just fell head over heels in love and it was such a healthy relationship we'd been exclusively dating for you know for september october november december yeah, we've been exclusively dating for four months when I found out that I was pregnant. And I was in California. I was recording with Skinny Confidential. And that night when we were at dinner, I joked, I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. Like, my boobs are huge. And my friend was like, honestly, like, you say that, but you need to just go take a pregnancy test. So I was thinking yeah, I'd take a pregnancy test just to like, entertain us, like give us something to talk about, right? So I go across <laughs> the street to CVS, come back to the restaurant, my friends in there with me and I'm taking the pregnancy tests and it's positive. And I remember just like looking at it and looking at Stuart and I'm like, yeah, well, holy shit. Like I'm pregnant. We're doing like, Oh my God. And Stuart was freaking out. Stuart's a girl who'd been working with me for, I don't know, five years at this point. She was having like a panic attack because I guess in her mind, she's like, you've been dating this person for four months. Like you're pregnant with them. Like it's okay if you don't want to have this baby but that didn't even cross my mind like once ever to not to have the baby and not like spend the rest of my life with Alan, you know, just cause I had already, we had already talked about marriage and stuff. Like I knew who was the one. Um, but what's really weird. And I told AG this is I was off birth control, but you know, a couple weeks before I had gone to go get an IUD. Um, and the IUD that I Wanted, they were out of, so I had it rescheduled for three weeks later. So this was like a three-week period in between, you know, getting my IUD. So and meant to tracking my cycle, and when I was avoiding my quote-unquote ovulation days, and he, he never, you know, there was we were careful, right? So That I thought somehow <laughs> we weren't careful enough, and I was doing dry January, so like alcohol wasn't involved when I got pregnant. Um, but. Then I came home, I flew home early, told Alan, you know, he was shocked. The first thing he said was, is like, what's your mom going to say? <laughs> and the first thing my mom said when I told her was, well, are you going to marry him? <laughs> I'm like, <"Mom>, yes, <laughs> like, I, yes, that's the plan. Um, but having a baby, it didn't ever scare me. It th- What scared me was getting rid of my old life. And moving into a new phase of like, um, not going out all the time, not partying all the time. Like I have to be a role model, which I'm a six 2 projector, which is the role model. So like now I have to be a role model for this child, but not just a role model for child, but a role model for like anyone who had been in my situation or anyone my age to have a baby. Because I was the first one of my friends to have a baby. I really didn't know many people my age and I'm 29 to have a baby, um, so I kind of like took that approach to it. Like as I learned from it, like I'll just share it on Instagram and we can all learn together. Um, and God, that baby sleeps all the time. So like I had time for a Q and a, you know, in the delivery room. I felt great. I felt fine. Yeah. You did amazing. I took such good care of myself. When I was pregnant, I followed the 80, 20 rule, like third trimester. I, I was you know, uncomfortable towards the end, but there was never any like pain. Um, and the delivery was so easy. But again, I really believe a lot of it is your mindset. Your your body and your baby can tell when you're anxious. So I really wanted people to see how easy it can be. And like as long as you trust in your body and you trust in the process, like it it can be easy. Of course, 80 20, you know, 80% of births go great, 20%, there's some issues, and that's normal too. It's just gonna make it a little bit more challenging. But when has something, think about it like if something bad ever happened to you, there's, there's this study that Google put on this study, like a thousand participants and they're like, all right, think of the worst thing that's ever happened to you. like The hardest thing you've ever been through and think about everything you learned and the relationships you gained and how you transformed from that process. All right. So you've got that in your brain. Now, if you could go back and totally remove that situation from your life, but also remove the after effects, like whatever change was made, the people would you do it? Mm-hmm. And 99.9% of people said, I absolutely wouldn't change it. So, whatever you're going, I guess the point is, like, whatever you're going through, you're going to look back on it in five or 10 years and be like, that, that I wouldn't change it.
0: Mm, I agree. Wouldn't change the world. I wouldn't change anything in my life. And I've been through some pretty difficult situations. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I would not be where I am now. Even, you know, this past year has probably been a really difficult year for Austin. And I think, you know, finally this uh, starting 2023, I'm like, I know it was hard and I know it sucks, but you're so different in the best way possible. You know, we actually have a life together him coaching. I, I mean, I I tell him this openly all the time. I'm like, we would have broken up. I would have I would have moved on. I was, I, I and towards, you know, when he was about to be recruiting and we weren't going to see each other for another few months, I was like, what is the point? Like, what are we doing? So anyways, are I you think he's working
1: together now.
0: Are we working together? No, he's in software sales. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Cause it's so sweet. Alan, like loves watching him on your story. I caught oh. him watching him this morning. Oh. <laughs> like looking at your profile. Cause he, because we're in a similar situation where our businesses are online, and I've told Alan several times that he wants to side hustle. i like, freaking monetize like what is already built. Like the more you get involved, like the more you can do something with it. And mm-hmm. he kind of looks up to Austin in that sense because he's just embraced it.
0: Oh, awesome! We'll love to hear that. Alan's such mm-hmm. a sweetie pie. Yeah, you know Austin is very supportive but at the end of the day he is really passionate and he is very entrepreneurial too like it's been interesting because i've always seen his like code you know i, I can read people's like energies and codes and other d- different types of modalities in the Akashic records but it was never in alignment for him to be a football coach. I was like so annoyed. I'm like, this is not your destiny. This is like not what you're supposed to be doing. Like, and I have had to learn patience when I see people out of alignment. That I can't get frustrated with them because it's not they're on their own path. And he had to go through a hard situation to kind of peg him out, you know, and ping him back this way. And then kind of, I always think of the Pac Man little what are those yeah. little arms? You know, ping, yes. smacking you around like that was kind of how he was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> So anyways, and and, you know, now he is on his path and he's exploring things. And I think he sees that I'm doing my own thing and that inspires him right now. He's in software sales. He works for a great company, um, similar to Alan, but I think he's, you know, in this lifetime, I do think he wants to create his own business too, but it kind of starts with just, you know, getting more comfortable on social media, getting more comfortable on camera. I guess too, how was your mindset with? getting back in starting this new lifestyle as a mom
1: i think moving to atlanta really helped because not only was was i entering a new chapter of my life i was entering a new city Mm -hmm. and so just like you moving to florida like i didn't have i wasn't being pulled in a thousand different directions like i am when i'm in charleston Mm -hmm. so i was so present i was near my family who lives in atlanta that I, I didn't ha- I hired the CEO to take over um, while I was on maternity leave, and he ended up staying on a CEO because I was so much happier, not running the day to day of the business. Um, and so my mindset was if I ha- if I had set that CEO up to run the day to day, I would not have sh- been happy at all.
0: Well, I, would I, don't, have been I don't think you would have done it if you hadn't gotten pregnant. I feel like you were looking for a a CEO for years, but it it took lane coming that you really got your priorities. I I always, I feel like children are so divinely planted even when they're unexpected or.
1: Yeah. And our CFO is the one that even like found him. So the CFO, I told him that he was like one of the top first four people I told that I was pregnant. Cause I'm like, this is the situation. Like we're about to go through a capital raise. Like the leader of this company is about to have a baby and he was like, all right, well, we're
0: gonna find a CEO and he found him. Nice. Oh, and you you really just you you have been putting out so much more content. You've been so authentically you doing what you love to do, teaching people about having a business, teaching people about working with influencers. Mm-hmm. And I can just tell that you're in your you're shining in that role versus and I'm I'm the same way as you. I'm I'm good at managing people, but I am hard to keep up with. I'm, I don't text. I don't really, like I'll I'll go to the beach for four hours and like be meditating and doing readings and like I'm off the grid, no one can reach me. And so, (laughs) you know, if you're on my team, you're like, hello. (laughs) I know,
1: but that's what I love about you is I don't have to, I mean, we don't text. I don't text anybody unless it's for work, but then you just pick right back up. But also it's a beautiful thing about social media is because I know what's going on.
0: I know, I know. I do love following all my friends on social media because I'm like, I can keep the, keep the pulse, keep the tabs and know yeah, what's going on. Yeah, I know on.
1: what's going on. I don't to talk about it, but I know what's up. Uh, the other thing about Lane that was so cool seeing her come into this world was, love Alan, and he won't get mad if saying this because he'll tell anyone this, but like, he had a lot of anxiety about his life and like his purpose and his path before because I think similarly to Austin, he is... Not necessarily entrepreneurial, like he won't start something, but he can run something that's already been proven, mm. and so right now he's in medical sales and he loves it he's he's like honestly too good at it, and like he needs to go on to the next thing. But having Lane, I have not seen him be anxious since having Lane. Mm. It has given him so much purpose it's like his path is finally clear, he has something else to live for besides himself, like he's getting out of bed every morning, literally thinking about his daughter it's been really cool to watch. Oh, you want to know something crazy? Speaking of things working out.
0: Yeah.
1: I haven't even told you this. So um obviously Charleston's right about my business where my heart is, it's where I need to be forever. Like you told me that. Um and I called you a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Asking you where I should li- leave, live live.
0: Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I remember she she literally yeah. calls me she's like, hey, I have an intuitive question. One question really quick. Where should I live? And I was like, Charleston.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Alan got offered to change companies move to Charleston. And then and stop. Yes. Yeah, you know, offered to move change companies. This was probably five weeks ago. And we said no at first because I'm close to my parents now and like it's been really good for our relationship. And then we said no because we wanted to open smoothie bars here. And we were in the middle of negotiating
0: L O I. You're you in, you're in Atlanta. Yeah. Just right so now. everyone knows. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. I moved away from Charleston
0: last February. Yeah.
1: And so I, or no, sorry, last August or no, last September, August. Yeah. Last August. Um, so I haven't been in Atlanta that long. I had the baby in October, had Lane in October. And so a week after we said no to the job and it was like a firm, no, we found a franchisee to take over the Atlanta territory. So we didn't need to do this anymore. And, um, and, nothing happened to my parents my parents are still here but we oh yeah the other reason why we didn't go is because alan wasn't going to be making as much money in charleston mm-hmm. but we were like okay quality of life is it worth it and we ended up saying no but then a week after we sold the charleston or the atlanta territory to someone else that's when we were like damn maybe we should have taken that job to charleston but we didn't think anything of it and then alan's counterpart in atlanta in his sales territory quit as well. So then it was Charleston was missing a, a rep and then part of Atlanta was missing a rep. So his manager was able to readjust the territory. So that added another city into Alan's, into the Charleston territory. So Alan, if he moved to Charleston, would be making just as much money. So we we were like, is the job still available? Like, we'll fucking take it now. And after about a week, like he got the job. So now we are moving back to Charleston in April. And he's getting more money. And we sold the Atlanta Territory. So it's like the craziest divine timing.
0: Oh my God. I love that so much. I also want to explain that to everyone too. How if you have, you know, your heart set on a plan. I actually had someone just tell me this story similar the other day. How if you have your heart set on something, but you feel like maybe there's something not quite right or something you're like, oh, but I'm not going to take a money pay, right? That's like yourself. I mean, a, a money cut you're like, that's your self-worth. You're like, I just, it's not in the cards. And you say no. And then the universe kind of is like shoop, 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 and realigns pieces so that things are reflecting your self-worth. I always tell people like if something's feeling a little off about an opportunity or a situation, listen to your intuition and listen to your gut because there could be something better. As humans, I know sometimes we think, oh, shoot, I better take this. Yep. But every single time I, I always tell people to hold firm they their knowing because there will be a better opportunity around the corner. And that's exactly how it was for Alan. That's
1: crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh my God. That's such a good hot take.
0: It's like a little test. You know, the universe is like, okay, are you going to hold the faith? Are you going to trust? Are you going to believe that there are... I always say that. like, there, If it doesn't work out, whatever's meant for us will absolutely not miss us. There's no way if it's meant for us, it will find us. And even if we say no or turn it down or whatever, there are, there are endless... Opportunities in this universe, I truly do believe that. If you, you if make you, a talk about that. Oh, okay. I will. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think, I think it kind of goes into that um, abundance mindset, and like we were talking about before we got on, the ability to receive, and just be in the mode that good things are coming to us. You know, it's like you almost have to expect it because as human beings, we're just kind of wired to doubt and, and then we have yeah. to like re, we have to kind of rework that societal programming and you know generational belief system and to be like wow what if everything was working out because when we start looking for a better but what if what if we just looked for the best possible outcome in every situation you know we would what be if we what if we did but we're we're programmed to actually look for our ego is trying to protect us look for the worst possible you know, that's kind of why lucky girl syndrome's going viral right now because it's kind of the same thing. Like, what if the best case scenario was always where my brain went? Like, what if I did get a better job? What if I made more money? But our brains kind of tend to be towards the negative. But you can honestly just start playing in that energy of looking for the positive and yeah. bringing more of that in. It's really just a, it's just a practice, you know?
1: It's so true though. Like The, the thoughts and the people you surround yourself with and the day-to-day and like, what you do in your spare time, the content you consume, like that will shape what comes your way. It I, will. I do believe like if the universe sees you taking steps and trying to get towards your goal, like that's when lucky girl syndrome will kind of kick in and like give you a little, like what's a video game where you are going down and then you hit a coin and it speeds you up
0: or whatever.
1: Like a video game. Like, an yes. arrow, like it's a, boost.
0: Yes. Yes. a boost. Yes. A, yes. A boost. And you're like, boom, boom.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yes, if you're taking the baby steps to get there sometimes
0: you'll get a boost yeah and you do get a boost the universe does give us boost um, also last question then I am going to let you go because we've been on this call for an hour and a half <laughs> I love um, it wow. what is your interpretation of the life is game because I have an interpretation that comes up a lot in the acoustic records and it's just a, a mindset that I want people to play with more I'm just curious what you took away See,
1: from mine. That. Is mine isn't necessarily so much about like Playing all the time because truly work doesn't feel like work at all. Like every day I wake up and it's like it does never has it ever felt like work. Well, it has, but like I outsource that those parts now, so now it doesn't feel like work at all. But for me, life is just a game. It's about nothing fucking matters. Mm. Like no one cares about about what you're doing. Like no one's gonna judge you. No one. People are only concerned with themselves in that way. It's like not letting fear of judgment block you from playing your game and like playing your truth and like putting your truth out there. And sometimes you're going to do some things, right. Sometimes you're going to do some things wrong. Sometimes you remember people, sometimes you're not, sometimes you're going to, you know, screw something up and sometimes you're going to build something beautiful. And like, it's literally just a game that you're constantly getting better every day at.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's kind of like the, you learn lessons and there's tests and then you the up level, I I think of, I'll I go with, Sarah Smith always talks about the video game simulation theory. Have you heard of that?
1: No, I haven't. Do I need to?
0: No, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It's just like, what if we were like, what if we were living in a simulation right now? Like it's kind we of like. Probably are. We probably are. Like I watched the Truman show a few days ago. I honestly didn't like it. Like I, I didn't like the concept. I told Austin, I'm like, I want to turn it off. It's making me uncomfortable. Like yeah. he was like, Have you ever seen it? The Truman Show? No. Well, it's basically this guy's on a TV show, but he doesn't know he's on a TV show. He thinks this is real life. And it just kind of, it's like, almost like, what if, you know, this wasn't like real life? Like, what if we were just like playing a part? Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's too trippy. I don't like it. And honestly, even
1: if we are, like, whatever. Yeah. Think like, about it. We used to be in class. Like, someone used to teach us what the hell one plus one was. Now look at us. I know. I know. It, it's a crazy game.
0: It is really crazy. It's crazy how many different types of people too exist on this planet and how much we get caught up in our own life. Like we don't even realize the vast, like how big everything is. It's easy to get caught up in our day-to-day life and think our life is just like so normal and so whatever, when really there's just so much going on. Okay. So Helen, tell everyone, actually, you guys, I forever have a code with Blender Bombs, by the way, 10 Anna Grace. My favorite one's Goji Coconut Acai. They're the best things ever. Austin's obsessed. Zane's obsessed. Everyone loves them in our family. And they just they're really good for you. They keep you full. They keep you nourished and satisfied. They're tasty. They're easy. They're on the go. I make blender bombs oats too. I eat the blender bombs bomb bars. They're the only bars that I trust and consume because the ingredients are so fire. So it's not an ad. I just freaking love it. I love it. And I love you. And I'm so proud to be your friend. But code Anna Grace or it's 10 Anna Grace. It's on Amazon. They're on Amazon now too and Costco. Yeah. You guys are everywhere. Yeah. You can
1: use the code out there. Yeah. Um, I think and you
0: can use the code on, on Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can use the code on Amazon and use the code on, on Blender Bombs. Um, Helen, tell everyone. Thank you for being here. Where can they find you? Yes.
1: I love y'all. Thank you guys for being so good to Anna Grace all the time and always sliding in her messages, telling her good things. But my code is <laughs> at Helen, or no, my code. My name on Instagram and TikTok is at Helen Leland. And then BlenderBombs.com.
0: Yes, BlenderBombs.com. At- or follow BlenderBombs on Instagram, too. They yeah, good follow BlenderBombs on Instagram. And we're looking for a new social media manager to start at the end of this year. So stay tuned. So exciting. Congratulations. All the growth and being a new mom. I'm just I love I love watching I love watching you step into this new role. You've been very inspiring for me. I'm like, wow, she made this look so easy. Also, you share a ton of really good new mom advice for any of you guys out there who are we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> we're just every day. We're waking up and just doing it. Oh, I love you. I love you so much. Thanks for being here. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, Age University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me,